Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of the Gone Bridge podcast. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside with Alex Clauston and Steve Brady. How are we doing today, boys? Just peachy. Super interested in recording this episode. Steve, you would not be the only one who's interested in everything. The Red Sox, they see a baseball player and they're like, I'm interested in him. Well, why not? Uh, interest is such a great word to use. It's vague enough where, you know, you're not committing anything. But it's just enough where if something does happen, they called it. It's gotten to the point now where it's like every free agent who's out on the market, the Red Sox draw interest in and somehow they're finishing second place in every free agent who they don't sign. And I don't know if that's because they're not actually making real offers and just trying to like make it look like they're being competitive right now. But they've done absolutely nothing right now unless you want to, uh, you know, count Hunter Renfro, which is just a unbelievable okay. signing. That's something. It's sure. something. We'll get into a little bit more of that outfield talk first, but first we got to address the Andrew Benintendi trade rumors. This one to me is absolutely puzzling. I will, uh, I'll let you guys start. I'll, I'll wrap this up after. Clausen, let's hear it. This hurts. I mean, I love Benny. He's been my, he's been my guy for a couple of years. It sucks to see that they're trying to get him to go. Uh, do you want me to dive into my whole take now? We we swing back to it. Just go for it. Yeah. All right, just dive into it. So for one, I think this is a terrible move for two reasons. Number one, he's 26 years old and you need outfield help right now. So the fact that you're giving up on such a young outfielder for kind of no reason puzzles me a little bit. Number two, 2019 was not his best season. 2020 was even worse. So right now, Benny's stock is at an all-time low. It's kind of kind of slowly declined since 2018. So I think where they want to go out and trade him now, if I'm an opposing GM and I'm looking at it, I'm not putting into account 2018 Benny that I could be getting. I'm trying to lowball and say he played in 30 at-bats and hit 100 in 2020. We don't know what we're getting. So I feel like Haim is just getting a bunch of lowball offers when he wants to trade away this big piece for a bunch of players. This to me literally makes no sense from any stretch of the imagination. Like you said, he's a 26 year old outfielder. We need outfielders right now. We don't have JBJ anymore. He's a free agent, allegedly still possible that we're going to resign him, but realistically that's not going to happen. Ben attendee, like you said, stock in an all time low. I think we're looking for pitching prospects and outfield prospects, which seems so redundant to be interested in an outfield prospect for Andrew Benintendi when he's 26 year old and better than anything you could possibly get in return for him right now. So at least in my mind, give him till the jury deadline to increase his value or prove that we want him to stay in Boston. It just doesn't make any sense. So that's for, me, for me, this comes back to literally one question, which we can ask the same question when we trade to Mookie Betts. What direction is this team going in? Are they rebuilding or are they trying to be competitive? Because right now, I couldn't tell you what they want to do. When they say that they're trying to trade Andrew Benintendi, who just four years ago was the top, uh, top five prospect in all of baseball, and to acquire Chris Sale, Dave Dombrowski was like, I'm not giving this guy up. They traded the top prospect in all of baseball instead of Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi this, was the number one at a time. 
Yeah, he was right after Mankato was traded uh, right around that time. Benny was like, yeah, number one in the Sox organization, top five in baseball. And you're telling me that less than four years later, this guy, it's not like he's in his mid thirties. As you said, he is still only 26 years old. You want to give up on him after a 52 plate appearance, 2020 season. Listen, I know he struggled, but every guy is going to have a really cold 50 at bat streak in their career. Am I saying it's going to be as low as hitting a buck Oh three? Probably not, but you cannot give up on this guy this early. He's still got two more years of team control. He's on a really good deal, really team friendly deal. I don't get why you're just giving up on him this early. If you come back this season, I I, I say you got to give him at least one more year. If you come back, he has a bad year. You know, I, I think you can make a better argument that it's time to maybe move on. Maybe he needs to change his scenery. It's still too early. And again, his draft stock is way too low. What are you going to get for him? Maybe a top 10 pitching prospect for a team. How is that going to improve this team? If they're looking to win now, that's not going to do anything. So for me, this move makes absolutely no sense. And it all comes back to John Henry. Are you trying to spend money? Or are you not trying to spend money? Like I get you bringing Heim to sign guys for cheap. But listen, we're still the Boston Red Sox. We deserve more than like being the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays. You can find guys with talent for two to three million dollars. It doesn't have to be a league minimum. So listen, you've got Benny locked up. You can keep him for another year, see how it goes. It's just, it's just not the time for this right now. Well, I just thought about this. Maybe they know something that nobody else knows in terms of Ben Attendee's injury and whether or not that might be a long-term factor and whether or not he's going to be able to perform. So maybe they think that his stock is going to get even lower than it already is right now, if that's even possible because of how low it is. So maybe they're just trying to jump ship before it completely sinks. You know, I don't know if that's the case, obviously it's just speculation, but to me, that's the only real reason that we would ever do this trade. Yeah. I mean, I hope Heim knows something that we don't. When you mention injury, it reminds me of the broken heart injury that Benny is still suffering from. And, uh, Last night when I was doing some research on this, when you look at the teams where he could be going, it seems like broken heart is his problem here. Otherwise, he's fine. When you look at where he's going, Cleveland was in the mix for a while. Cleveland is like just sending somebody to hell for trying to find a girlfriend. It's not happening in Cleveland. (laughs) And then you look at like Oakland, not Benny's type. And then Houston, the the Rangers and Arlington, eh. Pittsburgh, definitely not. So you're sending Benny out into this firestorm of not finding a girlfriend. So you're just asking him to get worse. Listen, Clawson, you had said Benny just needs a girlfriend. That's the difference here. See, there were, uh, for a while, Miami was in the mix for this. And if this is the problem, sending Benny to Miami to go find some girl down there, he's going to be like an all-star in a year. Easily. Easily Maybe an all-star. Not to trade like cash considerations for like Miss Louisiana or something like that. <laughs> At this point, nothing would surprise me. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was if we keep Benny, um, where in the lineup is he going to be hitting? Because was it, it was the beginning of 2019. Alex Cora in like a middle of the offseason press conference, he came up and he's like, oh, by the way, Mookie Betts isn't our leadoff hitter anymore. It's going to be Andrew Benatendi. And, you know, that one bad. 
that was horrible. And I mean, listen, Ben Attendee has proved that he's not a leadoff hitter. Even I would argue that he's kind of slid out of a top of the lineup role because in 2018, he was our two hole hitter for most of that year. I just think that he is, he's underachieving. I don't think he's going to be the prospect player that we once thought he was going to be. His power hasn't evolved to where it should be, but that's okay. He's still an above average outfielder. And when we're looking at guys on this free agent market who one of those guys that we're talking about bringing back in is Kevin Pillar. I this it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, what would our lineup look like? I don't, who, who's going to hit lead off? We don't have a lead off hitter. I guess but I would think it would be our top five would probably be like Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, Martinez, Martinez. and then probably Vasquez or like Dahlbeck after that. Yeah, I like Dahlbeck at five. Player, though. Well, that's the thing is I don't, I don't know. They're just missing. You know where Betty? You know where Betty could go is so. The nine hole for some teams, for some managers, is seen as either like your worst player or a second leadoff spot. Mm-hmm. So I think if you put Betty at nine and told him you're the second leadoff guy. So when you get through the – it's kind of a strategy of when you get to the back end of your lineup and you have, say, one out and or you're starting an inning and the eight guy is coming up, you know, eight and nine, you don't want to start the top of the lineup with two outs. So if you have, you know, Chavis at eight or something, he strikes out. Benny comes up at nine, he gets on base, and then whoever is leadoff, you're kind of jump-starting the leadoff spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And uh, I think it would work out too because – Teams are always trying to split up the left and right-handed bats in the lineup. So you could have him and Verdugo hit back-to-back and then have, like, Chavis hit eight, have Bogarts hit two, and that would work out well. But overall – Ben Attendee is going to be happy this season if we don't trade him with all these rumors, and especially if we're saying, hey, you're going to be our nine-hole hitter now, Ben Attendee might want out of Boston at that point. If I'm Benny, I don't know what this guy's mindset is. Um, but listen, this would be a completely motivating factor if I was him. If I was just four years ago, like the hot stuff of Boston, the number like top five prospect in all of baseball and knowing that I have a great future with the team and I come up and I just literally lay the bed like two years in a row, have two horrible years, then I'm like, listen, I, I can't get mad at this team if they're if they're throwing out things to try and improve the team in some way, which I, I still don't know how trading Andrew Benintendi would improve the team right now. But uh, for me, if I was him, this is just pure motivation. I hope he sees it like that. I, I, I hope it's not the other way. Cause I think it could go the other way where Benny's like, man, I was so good. And I was, then I just fell off. I'm injured. Yeah. I don't have a girlfriend. I got traded out of Boston to Pittsburgh. Like, a dead end here i'm not going anywhere well and that's the thing is that boston's not meant for everybody and we've seen that before that guys can't either handle the media or just handle the spotlight i mean andrew benintendi played college baseball in arkansas i mean there's quite the difference between arkansas and boston yeah but i don't think that he has shown that he can't handle being in our market he's he's not david price yeah yeah no that that's true but i mean sometimes it's just not you know, it's just not feasible. And I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Maybe yeah. you just need to change your scene. He might just need to change the scenery. And I feel the same way about Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't know if bringing him back is the best uh, 
best idea because sometimes it's good to just bring in a couple of fresh faces and it makes uh, makes a world of difference yeah well that's all i got on that so i want to plug one more thing benny leaves we obviously have a big spot in left field i mentioned it to you guys right before we started recording but our good friend manny ramirez released from the australia blue Sox for unknown reasons this could be his ticket back to america listen back into left field reasons probably because he's a hundred years old Probably eating too much of the free sushi before the games. I was reading an article and it was, they were speculating that it could be like a drug bust or something. Like he got busted for B for uh, PEDs or something. And I guess somebody asked him when he was like, if I got busted for PEDs, I'd just come out and tell you. So I think it was some oblique injury or something. So he's 48. I mean, he walks to, he walks to first base and he's going to get hurt. Australia doesn't even deserve the guy. He walks down the streets and sees people wearing a Red Sox hat and they're like, Dude, are you talking to my girlfriend? Like, Australia just does not deserve Manny. And I think that with the release from the Blue Sox, we can conclude that he's trying to make his world tour on every colored red or colored Sox team. He's been on the Red Sox, Blue Sox, White Sox. So maybe there's a Green Sox team somewhere that he's going to try and go play for. I don't know. The Woo Sox, baby. The Woo Sox. There you go. Love it. Actually, yeah, they just signed a, what, like a 25 year lease in Worcester for Lockdown there. I could see him ripping balls off the Worcester wall. The Worcester wall, a little oppo, uh, oppo power. I hope He'd so. be good for 10 home runs a year. Definitely would. He'd sell tickets, that's for sure. That's facts. Definitely. Um, all right, moving on here. We got uh, – well, obviously the Red Sox are interested in everybody, so we got to try and cover that. Uh, we'll start with the infield. The big guy coming out last night that they are interested in is Marcus Simeon. The 2019 third place uh, winner for MVP. I wouldn't really call it a winner, but third place runner up. You know, I, I think it would be fine, but I don't know. This guy's price tag would be probably pretty high. And that basically drives Chavis out of the scenario or the, the team, which is fine in my opinion. But uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know what, what direction this team is going in. Yeah, you're going to sign a 30-year-old semi-upgrade to Chavis for probably too much money. I, I get it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he had a really good uh, 2019 season, and people were hyping him up like, oh, he's a top like three shortstop in the game. I've always – you know, I think I speak for all baseball fans. We always have those few players who we think are like super overrated or super underrated. And Semyon's always been a guy who I thought has been – kind of overrated so the idea of bringing him in for probably too high of a price doesn't isn't really enticing to me but he definitely is an upgrade over Chavis but I also don't really know what this does to the future with maybe Jeter Downs coming up at second base yeah yeah I honestly would not be a huge fan of Simeon like you said the price tag is too high he's not great he's a little bit of an upgrade over Chavis I think Chavis could probably go but I would rather have a guy like Kike Hernandez come in for a fraction of what he's going to, uh, for what Simeon is going to charge. And he's going to put up similar production. Obviously he didn't have the same 2019. Simeon was a great player in 2019, but from everything else we've seen, he's not going to be that same player. And again, if the Red Sox were competing for a championship, they were neck and neck in the AL East and they were making the playoffs every year. Then I'd say, just go for it. You know, you can't, you might as well just take the risk 
see what happens, but where they're kind of in this crossroads of rebuilding or competing with young stars. Like it's kind of a, it's a weird spot. And I don't think Simeon fits the build. Yeah. I would way rather sign another guy. The Sox have been linked to uh, DJ LeMahieu would be way more enticing to me, but we don't want to spend any money apparently. So that poverty franchise of the Yankees are too cheap to bring them back. And as Jared said last week, the Yankees could be in some trouble. They are uh, going to have to bring back a lot of pieces just to retain the talent that they had last year. And I don't know if that they're going to be able to do that. Their rotations looking pretty thin right now. They don't even have that much talent. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, judge is good. Stan's good. If, if healthy though, that's the big thing. And, uh, I don't know. I've always been a big fan of Aaron Hicks. I like him, but uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks with that team. And I, I think ultimately there's a lot of question marks in the AL East. I mean, Tampa always seems to get it together, but again, trading Blake Snell, you don't know what they're going to do next. So we'll see Red Sox wise. I agree Klaus. I think Kike Hernandez would be a, a better fit than Simeon, especially since the Red Sox are very conscious on the money front that fits the bill much better than Simeon does. Although I will say that on his uh, baseball reference page, his nickname is Marcus with an H. So I don't know if that's just like, he's ready to come to Boston. Um, fitting. <laughs> very fitting. But you know I, say? I just think get DJ sign Michael Brantley ship banging off. I don't care really. We're like if we're getting Brantley back, whatever. You yeah. Take Michael Brantley, who's like 38. Over twenty-six years old. There's no way that you would take. I would not take Brantley over Benny. You kidding me? Has been pretty consistently good. He's He's like ten years older than Benny. Yeah, I cannot. Yeah, he's thirty. They're not competing right now. I mean, I don't know. We signed those two guys. We signed DJ and Brantley. He's been an all-star, 2017 to 2019 with uh, Cleveland and Houston. Um, I mean, he's a good player. He's known for uh, his hitting doubles ability. But and you again, know what has the highest double factor in the entire league? Fenway Park does. Fenway Park, good fit. How old it is he is. though? He's thirty-three, or going to be thirty-three by the time the season rolls around. He's going to fall off soon. Benny's still got a ways to go. Nelson Cruz is hitting bombs. He's like forty. Nelson, because that's all he does. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, they're, no, there are like a select few guys of that, like, like player type, like him Look, and Angle. 33 is not that old for baseball. It's not, but I mean, it's th- that's it's a short window. No, I know. That's, yeah. that's when they're going to ask for a four year deal for like $60 million. And I'm, if I'm Hein Bloom, I'm like, listen, I just can't give you that. See, according to MLB.com, the Sox are in contention in 2024. Would you rather have, 36 37 year old michael brantley or 30 year old benny do we win a world series before then no, i mean according, according to, to MLB. MLB.com, no can we, that's the worst list of all time can we talk about that list real quick <laughs> yeah, it's a the, terrible fact, list. the fact that they have the angels making the world series next year i mean that's bold i mean maybe they think that they're going to get trevor bauer no they straight up are just doing that because it's like Mike Trout, let's market our superstar. Shohei Otani, they love that guy for some reason. I mean, I, I do. I like the Angels. I They've got a decent team, likable players. But, I mean, listen, they got no pitching. So, next year, this the MLB 
Instagram and basically all their social media accounts posted this picture projecting the next 10 world series champions. And uh, yeah, just an absolute bananas list. I mean, the Yankees winning the world series in 2030 for the first time in 21 years, uh, Red Sox losing to the Padres in 2024. And uh, yeah, just, I, I don't know. It was kind of stupid. You just can't predict that kind of stuff. I don't know. I honestly think Carabas is in cahoots with somebody in the MLB because after he made that hot take, all signs have pointed towards the White Sox, Mets, and Padres. Padres. Padres all winning a World Series well before the Yankees. Yeah. He's got to know something we don't. He's got to. I mean, that was his take. And on the, on the picture here, they have the White Sox winning in 23, Padres in 24, Mets over the Yankees in 26, and then the Yankees in 23. Love that. So, love that. A Subway a Series. Subway Series action. Love that. When was the last time they played in the World Series? What, 2000? I have no idea. Something like that. You weren't even born yet. Uh, so it's true. Hey, I was. Actually, Steve was. We weren't. Um, yeah. So the Red Sox, they just have interest in a lot of guys. Corey Kluber's another one. And if we're being honest, I don't know why all of this attention is focused on the lineup. It should really be on the pitching because the Red Sox still had the most hits in the majors last year, and pitching is our problem. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about any bullpen pitchers being signed because I, I, I legitimately have heard nothing, which confuses me. Well, that's the problem is there aren't any. When you look at the <laughs> list of free agents for this for this year, starting pitching and relief pitching is so shallow. Like there's two guys that are worth signing that can anchor a bullpen or anchor a rotation. And then everybody else is like a back end of the bullpen piece or a fourth or fifth starter. There's just no depth in this class. Liam Hendricks is off the table. Liam Hendricks is off the table. Just cuts the list in half. Basically. Um, I would say that if we go out and sign Jake Odorizzi or Corey Kluber or both of them, that would make me very happy. Although uh, they're just, again, there aren't a lot of options. Um, Our old friend, Will Middlebrooks, tweeted out something very interesting. Was it? It was uh, yesterday, right? Yeah, he was like, I honestly think the Red Sox can bring back several familiar faces to fill holes in the roster. Porcello, Perez, Brock Holt, JBJ, Mitch. Listen, I'm not opposed to any of that. And at this point, a lot of those guys aren't going to sign for much money. I think Porcello is honestly a pretty decent piece who you can bring back for like league minimum. Same thing with Mitch. Brock, I know he's a fan favorite. I just don't think management will bring him back. There's too many middle infielders like that. And, uh, JBJ, I know they're still in talks with him, but it's an interesting take. I mean, it's a fair one. So stinks. I don't <laughs> want him anymore. I would I take him over what we got. <laughs> yeah, I love. Would you though? Come on, Purcell over, is not over Mike Kickham, absolutely. They're like the same. Come on, let's oh, not forget he was a Cy Young. Cy Young, yeah, man. but that was like his one good season. He's good on even years, and it's an odd year. So uh, we'll wait till twenty twenty two. Actually, no, he was he was hot garbage last year. Yeah, he was terrible. Terrible. Maybe terrible. he switched it up. And he played in the National League too, so that's like a free out every couple innings. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I well, they I got rid of the can't. DA. They got rid of. Yeah, they, they added the have... DH. Yeah. Oh yeah, but was he on the Mets the other the year before that too? No, nah, he's on 2019. In fact, the one Red Sox game I went to in 2019 was the game that he punched the TVs after he gave up like five runs in the first inning. 
Sounds about right. That's awesome. Said that he was oh, hot garbage. I think they lost the Rays like eight to two. It was oh, it was the trade deadline day, and Dombrowski did nothing. I remember seeing him sitting up in his suite, and I was like, "You watched this team all year, and you did nothing." Yeah, but going back to Corey Kluber. Yeah. Uh, apparently, his velocity was around eighty-eight to ninety miles per hour, which I just looked. He pretty much topped out his career at 92-ish miles per hour. So it's a little bit of a dip. I think we can all about throw 90. So I was going to say that's like a really good high school fastball (laughs) is like 90 miles an hour. Well, he usually – I don't think his his usage of the fastball is – that's like not his primary pitch. I think he throws sinkers way more. I Yeah, I think – He's a big spinner. His forcing fastball percentage – let me see. If you guys trained for the next five years, how fast do you think you could throw a fastball? 90, at least. I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lanky guy. Yeah. It's on the legs, apparently. So I think I could probably, in five years, I could definitely push upper 90s. Yeah. Steve upper and I 90s, are a but lot shorter. above 90. Depends if I have a good coach and <laughs> stuff like that, I guess. I don't know. If it's up to me, I'm throwing like, I'm going to tear my Tommy John, whatever, before you get. All right. So, Roger, all right. You're, Who's on your pitching staff? Like your pitching coach. Oh, Who you what, uh, Corey Kluber, I was right, used his fastball like 5% of the time. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Yeah, that was a weird tweet then. I don't know why they were worried about that. <laughs> but um, least, I bet I could push 90. No, I think so. Oh, in no, five years, years me? to throw 90 miles per hour. Dude, you just gotta years. hit you just gotta hit biceps at the gym like twice a week and you'll be pitching. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. It's all in the legs. Yeah, hit some squats, hit some pressure yeah. curls. You'll be you'll be golden. You kidding me? I can pitch for this team. Yeah, it's all in like split squats and bicep curls. I would bet my life on it. 85, you think? You're not even touching 85. In five years. In five Steve, years, Steve. Five years. Yeah. We're all in the prime of our lives. It's 24, 25. Become a good pitcher. Steven, five years, I'll be 24 years old. You don't have to throw it accurate. You just got to pump gas. Do you guys – have you seen that video that guy at like – I don't even remember what it was, like an A's game, and he went up to that like pitching booth where they measure – Oh, yeah. He pumped like 94. Like I think I could do that. He threw like 98, bro. Did he really? No, it's 94. There's no – they signed him, right? How – yeah, they did. Guy. I think if you gave me a good pitching coach in five years to do it, I could easily top 90. Who is this guy? Why aren't you playing baseball then, Clausen? Because I can't do it now. I'm saying if you give me a good coach. Well, yeah, that was the question. In five years, cause... there are guys in high school, there are guys younger than us that throw 90. Yeah, and they're going to like a D1 school. Not even. Some of them. There are guys playing like D3 baseball that can throw 90 miles an hour. All right, listen, this guy, all right, I found him, Nathan Patterson. He is 25 years old, 24, and uh, in 2019, he threw in the Arizona League, which I think is even below rookie ball, and uh, made three starts, only pitched five and two-thirds innings, but uh, had a 4.76 ERA, so it's, you know, serviceable. I do believe that. I do believe that I could push it towards 90 in five years. All right, Steve, I did, I did my little Google search. The average high school fastball is 75 to 85 miles an hour. Yep. 
a good varsity pitcher will see upper eighties, low nineties. A good varsity. There is no reason. If you gave me a year, I could do it. A year. Wow. You got to give me some good incentive because I don't want to take a year just to throw (laughs) ninety just to do it once. It'll be sweet. I don't care. I don't care enough about it, dude. You can. (laughs) That can be your pickup line. You can go up to girls and be like, "Hey, I throw ninety. Yeah, I throw gas. Absolute gas. Durbin Feltman type uh, material." Maybe if you figure out how to throw 90 Clausen, you can make our you can crack the starting rotation. I there's a good chance. I'll make some calls if if you throw 90, I'll make some calls. We'll, we'll just like squat outside of Fenway and I'll throw <laughs> 90 miles an hour right down Jersey Street. See I mean, if time walks by. That's what they did with half the pitching stuff last year anyway. So right. You can honestly just go down there and just start playing catch outside. And just wait for something to happen. Hey, we got Three more months, like two and a half more months till opening day, which is crazy, by the way. I'm pumped for the season to start. But uh, listen, you get working out. I think you'll be all right, Clawson. We'll figure I, it out. It's no doubt. Give me a year and I can do it. Five is too many. Now, here's the other oh, question. Too many. Oh, if, get out of here. Get out, get out of here. <laughs> if high school kids are topping 85, those I mean, those kids are smaller than me. <laughs> not all of them what are you talking about hey, some Austin's right, like six at... two are you kidding me yeah but i'm a big guy yeah pitchers are tall yeah i'm tall <laughs> no you don't play base dude ball. we were talking about I yesterday could. how he has a bench in his room he is motivated he's ready <laughs> yeah. to go i'll set my my i'll start i'll set up a little pitch back machine in my back Literally, I think the I think Clawson's literally sitting on his bench press while we're recording this. Like he's ready for action. What do you think you could throw right now? Huh? What do you think you could throw right now? Seventy. Seventy. You think you can add twenty miles per hour? In a year? Yeah. I I don't train to be a pitcher though. Oh, if God. I train to be a pitcher, I the next ten miles an hour comes so easy. I get a reason ninety five in six months or eighty five in six months. If you're a pitching coach, reach out to us. We're interested <laughs> in taking lessons, and we want to try out for the team. I got a can. You don't even know. <laughs> okay. The question is, do you have a cannon like Ruzne Castillo, the newest member of not the Red Sox? Japan Golden Eagles. The Japan Golden Eagles. That's the answer we were looking for. Um, rest in peace, Ruzne. His seven years are up, and he made a total of uh, – Played a total of 99 games for the team, which I think averages out to about a million dollars. What? How much money did he make? Uh, Somewhere around, was it $75 million? It like $72 million. Yeah, something like that. So just under a million per game, which is just classic. Uh, actually, no. Who who signed him? Would it have been Sherrington? Uh, I don't even know. But – uh. Yeah, he's gone. He's off to Japan. The guy made more than most major leaguers ever make in his career and played a handful of games for the team. So we'll miss you, Ruzne. Obviously, you can't even be the pride of Pawtucket anymore since the team is not uh, there. But Yeah, as soon as they were out of Pawtucket, he was like, I'm out of here. Here's another question I got for you guys. If he hadn't been on his contract and we had him for another year, do you think that he actually like might have gotten some reps in the outfield this year? Because I think it's a good possibility. I don't know why. So I think he was he got DFA'd and nobody picked him up. So he sat in Triple A for ever. I don't think they could bring him back up at that point. Well, they couldn't bring him back up because his contract was like it was just so massive that it would have gone against um, 
the cap. Mm, makes sense. Or the luxury Yeah, tax. I guess if he was making like a tenth of what he was making in real life, then I'd bring him up. There's no harm. Yeah, he was doing no. pretty well in Pawtucket. Dude, he was one of the best players of Pawtucket history. <laughs> they should give him the key to the city. They really should. Did you see they gave uh, Joyner Lucas the key to like Worcester yesterday? That was pretty cool. We'll get saw him. that, yeah. We'll get him on our podcast. I don't know. Um, if Joyner Lucas can get a key to Worcester, then Rusnay definitely can get definitely. a key to Pawtucket. I think one of the funniest things I ever heard was that his house was still in Boston, and then he commuted to like Pawtucket every day because he was waiting for the Red Sox to call him back up. He was like, "I'm not, I'm not." No. Like, yeah, yeah. His house was like in Boston. He was like, "I'm ready to play for the big club whenever they want me," and he just never got the call. They never you had all that money. You didn't have to worry about wasting wasting on gas. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so that was a real tragedy. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll move into our uh, little sticky situation talk here. If you guys listen to episode nine, you know that we were right in uh, ahead of the eight ball. And uh, we were predicting some of the Trevor Bauer stuff that was going to come out. And lo and behold, this week, it all unfolded with him and uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah, not saying that we uh, cracked the story open. But we might have cracked the story open. Yeah, so what's the story with this? A's. Yeah, uh, do you, do you want me to give you the rundown? Yeah, Carlson, I think you got more info. On so it. the former A's clubhouse manager is suing the MLB uh, for his firing. He said it was like, uh, you know, what am I thinking of? Unjust. Unjust firing because he was creating this homemade sticky substance for pitchers. So the guys that were named in the lawsuit were Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Felix Hernandez, Corey Kluber, uh, Adam Wainwright, and a bunch of Angels pitchers on the staff. So none of them were all that big to mention, but those were the big names that were in it. So I don't, so he's been the clubhouse manager since 1990. So it didn't say in the article how long he's been making this substance, but he added in some text messages and just some other transcripts. So I guess Cole, Garrett Cole reached out to him in 2019 and said, when it gets cold, my stuff doesn't work. So can you help me out with this sticky situation? <laughs> so he helped him out. And uh, yeah, I know kind of funny wording. He used a little winky face emoji in the text too. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's kind of funny. When you read the text, it's kind of funny. Like Garrett Cole is trying to be so slick about it. He looks like an idiot. Um, anyways, so he's been there for 30 years basically at this point. Um, and a bunch of players have kind of come to his defense privately, it seems. Justin Verlander reached out and was just saying that it was wrong that he got fired because they've been doing it for a hundred years. Um and he also called out some MLB teams for hiring chemists to come up with basically the same formula as him, but just do it in a little more scientific way. So, you know, that's kind of the whole thing. It seems like he's really kind of the scapegoat for the whole thing. It sounds like everybody else is doing it and he's just the first guy to get caught. You know, what's a shame about that. What is that? The Yankees owe him over $300 million. Yeah. Just to let up home runs mm-hmm. and fix his own mailbox. Yeah, look ugly without a beard. <laughs> and just be bad at pitching. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of a crazy situation. I think that at this point, the MLB just has to legalize it because we all know that everybody's doing it. Everybody in the yeah. league knows that everybody's doing it. And 
I don't know. It's just gotten to the point. Maybe they can ban like some of the stuff that like really perpetuates performance to the point where it's like, like super unfair, like whatever Trevor Bauer was using, but I don't think using like pine tar or rosin. Well, I mean, rosin's legal, but you know, any of that stuff. I mean, I think you can legalize it. I just want something to happen. (laughs) For real. We're talking about it. Like it's a secret. Everybody's dancing around this thing. But everybody knows that it's going on. We can all see it happening. Why don't... Oh, yeah. No, like something just needs to be legalized or at least acknowledge it. I want Rob Manfred to be like, I know everybody in the league is using this and I don't care. Or I know everybody in the league is using this and I'm going to stop them or I'm going to legalize it. Yep. Just why are we pretending like it's not happening or that... You know, it's a secret. I don't understand why this is being handled the way that it is. Yeah, I guess the thing that I see playing devil's advocate, I guess, for legalizing it is that it leaves batters at such, they kind of just get the short end of the stick here. Like we saw what it did with Bauer and Bauer was a totally average pitcher. He had a three, you know, ERA in the threes and fours. And then he starts using this stuff and it jumps down to the ones. So if Bauer can do that and he's an average pitcher, what is every other average pitcher in the MLB going to do? And it leaves these batters at nothing. So I came up with, with one thing that they could do. So they could give managers the ability to throw a metal bat at bat in once in the game, they get to use it once. Didn't they like, so if they're like bottom of the, if they're bottom of the ninth bases loaded down four, they can just hand like JD Martinez, this massive metal bat, like drop three huge barrel. And he's just going to hit a nuke right over the monster. Like, I honestly don't think I feel like I heard something about that. And they were like, we can't do that. Cause if the ball came back to the pitcher, it would like legitimately kill the guy. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You could, you risk like legitimately putting a hole in the monster or killing a guy. What's but the velocity on that thing? Probably it's like gotta be like probably 180 miles per hour. It's gotta I mean, be extra velocity insane. on a wooden, Exit velocity on a wooden bat is in like 115, 120. So you give a guy a metal bat, it's probably I bet like it's over 150. pushing 200. You think yeah, that that's much? Sure it's going to kill. It would definitely kill someone. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if you I can find. They're pitching with a hockey helmet on. Although I will, I will say that even with a metal bat, no one's reaching the red seat, and that proved that it's a it's a fraudulent uh, it's a fraudulent occurrence. I'm a non-believer in the red seat. Yeah, I think so, with a metal bat, you could definitely hit it. You think? I thought Ortiz How far out is it? Didn't Ortiz said that him and Manny yeah, could do that and they with metal bats? Come close. And they couldn't couldn't do it. My favorite, one of my other favorite Red Sox moments of all time was when Manny hit an absolute nuke over the monster onto the mass pike, and they estimated it one foot short <laughs> of the the red seat, like five oh one. they're like, oh, that was a far home run. What's Heck, the where's what's the red seat at? Five oh two. Yeah, yeah. five hundred one. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if they would like take people on tours out to like the Mass Pike and they're like, "All right, this was the farthest ball ever hit at Fanway," and they're just like standing in traffic, <laughs> like that. That just the economy of Boston would take a hit. They couldn't do it. They're like, with a wooden five hundred one metal bat and a lefty up, lefty up at the plate, easy five hundred, easy over five hundred five. I mean, there have been possible. Remember when? Who is it? Um, he was on the Blue Jays. Was it uh, 
was it Rowdy Telez or someone like that? What a name. Jesus Christ. Awesome name. He said this guy, they estimated that he hit a 547-foot home run at Fenway like two years ago, and they recalculated it, and it was like 440 feet. It was like 100 <laughs> feet off. Yeah, because he like he clipped. It was, I mean, it was an absolute bomb. Uh, I got to find this clip. It was, um, you know, the like the deck in right field, like the Budweiser deck, like with the retired numbers? Yeah. He like hit the re- – yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. We're going to get – fine for that um <laughs> he like hit the retired numbers and they were like that is like the farthest home run at fenway park by like 40 feet and then they like later in the night where they're like ah, oh, we recalculated it and it was just not even close you know, like, i'm gonna kill you if you don't say this is like 450 you know what would have been funny is if it was like some wall scraper home run and they called it like 500 feet here we go. Oh yeah, Rowdy Telez estimated 505 foot home run at Fenway Park, and then uh, what does it say? Unfortunately, yeah, I don't think it held up. Oh, yeah. Harper hit like a 700 foot home run in high school, allegedly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about with that a metal one. bat. I bet. Yeah. They say, have you ever seen that thing? He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16, and he allegedly hit this ball so far that the coach after the game or something was like, dude, that was far. And they started at home plate and they just walked in the direction. And the coach was like, yeah, we crossed like main street and we crossed the highway, like four lanes of traffic, um, 80 feet into the desert. Yeah. Uh, yeah I was like 700 feet. Cause he was playing in Las Vegas and they were like literally in the desert. And yeah, it was like just in the middle of tumbleweeds. I don't yeah. think that was real. Yeah, just just think about giving like Nolan Arenado a metal bat in cores. He's hitting six hundred feet, no doubt. Oh my gosh, cores! I'm telling you, this this metal bat, this metal bat idea could be a winner. It yeah. could be, or back to what to, we were talking about. We could uh, to combat. This is a really bold take to combat the sticky stuff for the pitchers. We could just feed hitters steroids. And then it would just be like literal, like giant men going at each other. And it would, it would just be like boy. Barry Bonds versus a Frisbee slider every day. <laughs> and you're telling me you wouldn't want to watch that? I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Um, yeah, I was going to say before, too, like the MLB needs a big story to break. Like they need something. Like the NBA, the season just started and they're dominating the news. Like James Harden gets traded yesterday. It's like peak MLB free agency and there is nothing happening. Uh, so they got to figure something out because it's been it's been a brutally boring offseason. Red Sox are interested, though. They're interested. I'll say one more thing about Heimblum. Uh, he's rather been unimpressing me so far. And I know that people are like, well, like he hasn't had opportunities to make moves. And I get that. But he's got to do something. It's taken too long. And the Red Sox are apparently going to be making a series of moves this week. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. Come on. The series of moves, everybody buckle up because it's going to happen. But when your series of moves last year, bringing Martin Perez, who I know we all loved, but he was just okay. Uh, Matt Hall might kick him. And I don't even know, Dylan Covey. And now we're bringing guys uh, with the long hair. I don't even remember his name from last week. The goose. Oh, the goose. Yeah. The goose. Like, like these are all moves that you make in Tampa Bay and they maybe pan out. Like this well, is Boston. The issue is Heim is a small market money ball manager that is now 
managing the Red Sox. So it doesn't really no pieces just aren't clicking right now. No. And we, the owners are like low key bipolar because they go from wanting to spend millions and millions of dollars. And then like one day they just decide, Hey, we're not doing this anymore. You need to trade everybody, including like that best player in the league in the American league, besides Mike Trout, uh, he needs to go. Cause we're not going to pay him. And I think that part of Himes uh, problems is the owners that they're not letting him spend money, but Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. I just – I need to see some new guys on the Red Sox. Some I feel bad for roasting the Phillies for not spending money because now <laughs> we're not doing exact, that either. Same exact boat. Same exact <laughs> we're boat. eating our words. Exactly. Uh, all right, so close up the ninth here. I don't know what other uh, stuff you guys got. It's uh, – I don't know. It's just the same old every week at this point. Clawson, I know oh, you yeah. got a couple I'll things. close up the ninth. With before uh, yeah, Clawson. guys, just a reminder: sun's coming for us all. Yeah, the sun is coming for us. Hopefully all. soon. The moon is a fraud. Yeah, there's the no stopping fraud. it. Maybe uh, that. Maybe that's why Heim's making all these tradeaways, getting rid of Be- getting rid of bets, getting rid of Benny because he knows the sun's coming. There's just there's going to be no records of this anyways. There, you're right. Closing up the ninth is let's sign the sun to a ten year, four hundred million dollar contract. I'll just say some damage. There's I'll no just, hiding. I'll just say before we dive into a notes with uh, notes with Clawson segment. Uh, my closing out the ninth is bring back Manny Ramirez to be not even our left fielder. Sign him to play center field, and that is all. But if you bring back Manny, you got to bring back the Coke bottles too. <laughs> you got to bring back everything from that area. You got to bring back Ortiz. You got to bring back Damon. You got to bring back Schilling, Pedro. Let's just get it all back. Clausen bottle. Let's just recreate 20, 2007 Red Sox 13 oh, years later. Electric. I'm up for it. You guys need some notes? I would love some notes. Dude, do I need some notes? Hit me. I'll throw to it. So I'll, I'll swing back to the metal bat idea. Here's another one. Spice up the home run derby a little bit. <laughs> Give the finalists metal bats. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. I mean, w- the pitchers are behind L screens. So that's one thing. Like, you're not going to kill a guy behind an L screen. Aren't there like children in the outfield? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to get rid of the kids. You definitely would. I mean, well, there's also like a DJ booth out there, too. So we need to like clear the first like eight rows of seats and everybody in the outfield. Yeah, can we talk about how much of a liability the Hummer Derby is and how no one's like gotten killed yet? I mean, these guys are just nuking balls and they have like people standing around the entire field and they're like, all right, just like hit them far and don't kill them. Yeah, we trust you. Like, it's the same literally. thing. Have you guys ever been to a PGA event? No. Like, it's but literally no, the but same. They stand right on the. They stand, like, I've been to a few. You stand so close to the golfers. Like, if that was me, I would easily hook one into the crowd. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. These guys are real like professionals. You're not on the tour, though. I'm not on the tour. That's right. I shoot. <laughs> I'm still shooting high 90s. And so. I wish All right. I- final one. I'll round it out. This might be a little sneak peek, but for those that are still listening and don't know, Darnell McDonald was <laughs> basically Bo Jackson in high school. This guy, two-sport athlete, he was like the best baseball and football player Colorado's ever seen. This guy, like, I didn't realize it until yesterday, but this guy was a tank. Ran for, like, 7,000 yards, and he hit – there was some story about he was in some playoff game, 
and it was in the middle of a snowstorm in Colorado and his team was down and he gets up to bat and like snow's coming down, coming down pretty hard, I guess. And he just comes up to the plate, hits a nuke right in the middle of a snowstorm. If that was in the MLB, if I'm telling you, if there was ever a snowstorm during an MLB game and like somebody just hit an absolute tank, I would be so fired up. That would be hype. Awesome. Who were you talking about during Yeah, I was going to say, is there any reason that came up on your head? What a random player. I mean, I it just kind of goes through the mind. I got a lot of random thoughts. Figured Darnell McDonald was was right up that alley. He was a he was a tank. He uh, he did his job in Boston. He did. Saw him saw him pitch once. It'd be uh, interesting if maybe like we talked with him at some point. Darnell be interesting. McDonald, if you're listening to this, you know what you did. We're interested. You, you know what you did. Go we'll on. figure it out, people. We're trying to get the we're trying to we're trying for you guys. Uh anyways, you guys, any other thoughts? It's uh pretty pretty uh thin episode this week, unfortunately. I'm I'm ready for some baseball. Yeah, I want the season to start. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah I'll um, happily donate my wooden my metal bat to the Red Sox if it means getting this whole thing. Definitely, going. definitely. Well, we got some other exciting news. I just thought of this. Uh next week is probably gonna be the last week that we are not recording in person. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, uh, we'll be back at school. I know Steve's already back up there, and then Klaus and I will be up there uh, in the next like week and a half, and we'll be ready to rock. We got uh, some exciting stuff planned, and uh, once the season starts, just five words: don't let us get hot. Don't let us get hot. Uh, don't let me hit ninety either. Oh gosh, we gotta like find some. Words. We gotta find somewhere in uh, Durham. Bring you and. Like I don't know, batting cage or something. Let you throw. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Bring my glove. Definitely. Anyways, thank you everybody for listening to episode eleven. If you enjoyed what you're listening to, you can uh, find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter at Gone Bridge and Instagram at Gone Bridge Podcasts. And we will be back next week with episode twelve. Hopefully there's someone else with us. And, and we will see. Uh, <laughs> I don't got much more to say about that. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you next week. See ya.